Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar, or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. Again, that's psiseminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is overcoming rejection. We do have hundreds of people on the line and we will get to as many questions as we can. First, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Carson Johns. He attended the PSI Seminars courses in 1998, and he is now the Area Director for the Bay and LA areas and oversees the PLD Goal Achieving Program. Carson is also a professional speaker who trains all over the country, and as one of the directors for Camp Choice with SciWorld, he supports youth at risk in San Francisco. Carson is in the process of publishing his first book on this very topic, so we couldn't have a better teacher in overcoming rejection. Carson, are you with us? I sure am. Thank you, Kat. Yeah, welcome to the call. We're excited to have you. Well, very good, very good. I will. Uh, I will go ahead and get started. And I actually would like to uh, start this call um, with a story of my own sort of uh, overcoming rejection and overcoming sort of the fear of that throughout my own my own life. I, um, I I was thinking about this topic, and I and I was it reminded me of the time way 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 back when I was around four years old. Um, and it has to do with the Incredible Hulk, actually. When I, was, uh, when I was a little kid, I loved the Incredible Hulk. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was you know, indestructible. He was just the best thing ever. And so as you know, little three, two, three, four-year-old kids do, I would pretend to be the Incredible Hulk all the time. And I would flex my little muscles, and I'd run around, I'd throw pillows over like they were tanks, and I, I was totally into it. And when I would do that, I had no problems with how I looked or what people thought of me. In fact, in my mind, I was the Incredible Hulk, and I was having a great time doing it. Well, so it came along one Thanksgiving, and my whole family was in town, cousins and aunts and uncles and things like that. And everybody thought when I did the Incredible Hulk, it was really cute and how, how fun it was. And, you know, of course, you'll be able to do this for everybody. So they had me be the Incredible Hulk up on stage, and that's what they wanted me to do, to put on a, an incredible Hulk show. Um, and I just remember the, the very moment where I became really conscious about the fact that people were going to be looking at me. People were going to be laughing at me. People were going to be maybe judging me. I don't really even know as a four-year-old what, the, what, what, what all the thoughts were that were going by. I just remember being really, really terrified terrified about standing up and speaking out and performing in front of all these people that love me. And it didn't really quite make sense. It didn't make sense to me in my brain how I didn't want to do something that I love doing in front of people that love me. And there was no real issue around it, but all of a sudden I became self-conscious. I became aware in that moment that people were going to be looking at me. And ever since then, I have always had a really big fear of, in fact, 
speaking in public, which is funny because it's something that I actually do for a living. I actually help people do that for a living as well. But I think part of our process and our journey in life is about overcoming, you know, our own our own issues, our own fears, our own uh, you know obstacles, so that we can help other people do that as well. But I remember throughout my life being really uh, you know, afraid of what people were going to think and afraid of um, rejection, afraid of being pushed out, pushed aside. Um, you know, and so it really hindered me all through my life. Really, it hindered me in making friends. It hindered me in getting you know jobs. It hindered me in um, even you know playing sports at a higher level than I already did because I was so concerned about what people might think. Now, I don't know if anybody that is on the call can relate to that, but I think that pretty much everybody has some sort of uh, internal connection to that feeling of rejection, that that feeling of being separated, the feeling of being pushed aside, pushed away, cast, cast out. And I think that it's innate in human beings that we have this. I mean, meaning that we, you know, if you, if you think back on, on, you know, any child, any life, any, any child in, in our, you know, in our society currently today, you know, if you're not accepted by somebody or a group of people or a family, if you're accepted from ages zero to about four years old, you literally won't sur- survive. So this deep-rooted fear of ours is, is around, is about survival. It's about how, it really is about, like, you've heard people say it, I'm sure, when they say, you know, oh, my gosh, I'd rather die than, you know, be in front of people. Or I'd rather die than go sing karaoke. I'd rather die than, you know, go stand in front of a bunch of people and talk. We, we, a lot of people have that fear. Um, in fact, there's always a sort of a, a little joke that we, we talk about is that many people on the planet would, would prefer being in the casket over delivering the eulogy which is a little crazy when you think about it. However, it really is. For, for very many people, that fear of rejection, of being separated, outcast, whatever it is, is as, as strong as the fear of dying or the fear of you know, losing our health or fear, the fear of losing other people, fear, fear of losing money, uh, fear of death. So, 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 so the question is, why is that? Why, why do we have that fear? Because what we know as we get older is that, you know, rejection happens. People aren't going to always like you. People aren't going to always give you what you want. You're not always going to get, uh, you know, you're not always going to get the job. You're not always going to get the girl or the guy. You're not always going to get, you know, everything that you want all the time. And so logically, we know that that's a part of life. Yet at the same time, it still really deters us from really going out and living a life that, that I think we all deserve and that I think we all can actually have because we're, we're holding back. So, uh, so, so, you know, through, through my life, I've had a lot of practice with rejection. I've had a lot of um, opportunities to, uh, to, to put myself in the, in the, in those positions. And I think the, the biggest, the key word is, is practice. You know, when I was about 18 or 19, I decided that um, it was actually through the basic seminar. I decided that, I didn't want to have this feeling anymore. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to cower. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to hold back. You know, I had something to say and, and, and my words and my, my thoughts and ideas and opinions were important. And I wanted to stand up. I wanted to speak out. I wanted to be heard. And so I started to look for ways to do that. So how do I practice that? I hated it. I hate my, my pits would sweat. My hands would sweat. I would get, you know, nauseous when I had to go talk in front of people. 
but I really wanted to get through it. I wanted to get over it. So I think the first tip, the first key of getting over, getting through rejection or the fear of rejection is a real strong desire to do something about it. You've got to want to. You've got to see something bigger beyond whatever it is that's stopping you that will pull you through the uncomfortability of being rejected, right? Because it's not fun. Nobody really likes it. Nobody wants to be told no all the time. Um, nobody wants to be wrong all the time. Nobody really wants to be humiliated all the time. All those things are uncomfortable. But when you put yourself in positions where you where you are in a in a where you have the opportunity to be rejected, where you have to stand up, where you have to speak out, where you have to be heard, and you continue to do it, it starts to get easier and you start to get better at it. Just like everything, is that you've got to practice. So put find find ways where you you have the the, the opportunity is there for you to be rejected. And know that you will live through it, even if it does, if it does in fact happen. Meaning, if someone says no, um, if somebody doesn't give you what you want, if you um, have an opportunity to speak in front of people or, or anything like that, put yourself in those positions and practice. Another way, as far as as far as that goes, is is you know is knowing that it's not always going to work out. Knowing that. Part of life is about learning. Part of life is about discovering what works and what doesn't work. And so in the process of getting through the fear of rejection, you've got to know that it's going to happen. It, it, and it's okay, right? We, we, we think, oh, my gosh, if this hasn't, you know, the world is over, right? We think in these giant terms of how, you know, if this doesn't work out or if that doesn't work out, then, you know, life is going to end. But it usually doesn't. You know, you, you, you may bomb on stage, right? You might get stage fright. You might, you know, really be a horrible karaoke singer. You might get broken up with. You might get left for another person. You might lose the job. You're probably going to live, right? And, and in that process, it might hurt a little bit, but you've got to be willing to go through the hurt in order to get to the great things, right? The great things come in life through struggle, through trial, through tribulation, big, giant, fun goals and visions of life don't happen if you're out there always trying not to fail or attempting to not be rejected. You've got to be willing to put yourself in those positions. The other thing is, I think a lot of, a lot of what happens for people is that they start to have the rejection affect their self-esteem. So if it happens three or four or five times, you know, then they go, well, I'm just not good enough, or I'm just not lovable, or I'm just not able to, I just can't do this. So what you really have to be, be careful of is, is having you know, other people's opinions, other people's ideas, other people's thought processes, having those be the gauge of your own personal self-esteem. I, I'm sure you've heard this before. They say that, uh, I think it was Paulo Coelho actually said, uh, what other people think of you is none of your business. Deepak Chopra took it a little bit further and said, if you start to make that business, your business, you will be offended for the rest of your life. So do you really want to go around being in other people's head, making things up for other people? Right? That's another thing that we do all the time is, is we make things up. We make up stories about who and what and where and how and how horrible this is and horrible that is. And that really affects our self-esteem too. So what I say to people oftentimes is, you know, you're going to make things up anyway about what people think, about what people are going to do, about what, what life is all about. 
you might as well make up something that's positive, something that's good, but something that's healthy for you, something that affects your self-esteem in a positive direction. So, you know, maybe someone's left, maybe someone doesn't, doesn't like you, maybe somebody rejects you, but the story that you make up about that around who you are and how you are, or your, soul, your own personal self-estimate, makes so much of a bigger difference than the actual reality of whatever that person was thinking or, or feeling, right? So you have, to, you have to understand yourself well enough, and you have to stop the nonsense of making up stories for other people, making up thoughts for other people. You don't get to do that. You don't get to live in somebody else's head. That's not your job. Your job is to live in your own and deal with all of the things that are happening inside of you. So, um, so, so it's an inside job. This whole idea around overcoming obstacles and, and, and or sorry, overcoming rejection and, and, and challenge and things like that, like this in life. It's an inside, it's an inside job, and you've got to be, be willing to practice, and you've got to be willing to to understand that yes, it's not all going to work out all the time. And the other thing to think about is. You know, oftentimes we think about what we don't want to have happen, or, you know, or we think about the worst-case scenario versus what we do want to have happen. When you start to think about what you do want to have happen, whether it's in relationships or life or, or the world, work, whatever it is, you start to have those pictures come into your brain instead of the other pictures, the, the, the worst-case scenario pictures. And what those pictures start to do for people is they start to, to change the way that you feel. And so what, what happens when you make up good things about what's going to happen is that you end up bringing more confidence to whatever it is that you're doing versus a lack of confidence or versus anxiety or worry or concern or doubt about yourself. And so you start to change those pictures, start to start thinking about what you do want to have happen, right? what you do want the end result to be, and, and start to, to, to focus on those things more than what else what might not happen or what could happen. Um, so, so bottom line is that, you know, the fear of rejection is real for everybody. It is visceral for many people. And, but it doesn't have to stop you in doing everything that you're doing. But you've got to be bigger than it. You've got to be bigger than it. And you have to have something that will pull you through it. So if you want to have a relationship that you've been rejected four or five or six times, but you know you really want to have that, Right? You've got to get over it. That's the only way to do it. Because if you bring this worrisome, distrustful, um, you know, fearful person into a relationship, nobody really wants to be with that. You, know, you wouldn't want to be with that. If you bring that, that person into a, a job interview, right, you're, you're not going to seem confident about what you're, what you're, what you're going after. So really and truly, this whole thing, you've got to be willing to work through internally so that you can be more effective externally. It's not a one-time thing. And for everybody, it's different. I think I do a lot of talking and a lot of speaking, a lot of work, work with people in general. And, and, and people always just want an answer, right? Give me the, here, how, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't know, right? I don't know what you should do about it. All I know is what I've done for myself. What I've done for myself is I've put... Uh, I've practiced a lot. Um, I've, I've also asked for feedback when things aren't working and been willing to hear about it and listen and shift and change. Um, I've put myself in uncomfortable positions time after time after time. And because of that, I'm more comfortable in uncomfortable positions than I ever have been in my life. I, I, I speak in front of hundreds of people every month. 
Um, and that was not something that I could say that I could do 15 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. You know, it's taken me a long time to get through what people might think. And the truth of the matter is, it still, it still drives me in, in many ways, just not as much. I, I used to care a lot about what people think. Now I don't care as much. Right? I still care. But I, but I don't care as much. And that's been, a, you know, that's been a long time practicing. It's been a long time putting myself in positions that, you know, I wasn't comfortable with um, and also could be really rejected. I mean, I have hundreds and hundreds of, of major things that I've done that, you know, had I, had I allowed the fear of rejection to stop me, I, I wouldn't have the life that I have. I wouldn't have the friends that I have. I wouldn't have the community that I have. I wouldn't have the relationship that I'm in. And, and, and that's huge. So, so, so in closing, my, my recommendation is, um, you know, is to, is to not allow yourself to, to have the fear in the way of what you say you want. Be willing to walk through it. Be willing to get the advice. Be willing to work with other people. Be willing to ask feedback if things aren't working. Most importantly, be brave and courageous. So that's what I have to say about that. Kat, are, are there some, is there some time for some questions? Yes, we have quite a few questions. This has been a very popular topic. Uh, first off, from JK, why can I not get over taking it personally when it comes to rejection? Good question. Um, and again, I don't think that there's one answer for everybody. You've got to look at in, in, into your own psyche and life and feelings um, around that. But I think the, the biggest issue that people, why people take things personally is they think that it's about them, meaning that they think that what other people's opinions are, you know, it's all ego-driven stuff versus we really don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of people who've been, who've rejected a lot of things that are really great over the course of humanity. You know, people, people reject life-saving medications. People have rejected, you know, uh, signing, you know, with the Beatles, right? The first drummer for, for the Beatles wasn't Ringo Starr, right? So people, people reject things all the time. It's not always because it's all about you. It's really about their views, their judgments, their perception of themselves, of the, of the world, and other people. So, so it's not really always about you. Um, now, if it continues to happen, Right? If things happen in the same way or in the same vein, then my suggestion would be maybe there is something that you're doing that's pushing people away. And that's where you, that's where you, you ask for feedback from people that you care about and that you can trust. Um, and again, that's a great, a great venue for that inside seminars in a lot of different ways. Um, however, if it keeps happening, you've got to do something about it. Um, you've got to be, be, be willing to change. But then also to, to understand that if somebody says no, they're not, always, they're not always saying no to you about you, right? They might be saying no to what it is that you're offering, right? Maybe they're saying no to the particular thing that you want to sell them. Maybe they're saying no right now. Maybe they're saying no um, for, for any sorts of thousands of other reasons. So don't, don't, don't be so ego driven about it and don't think that you're it's all about you because it really almost never is. There's so many other things going on in, in that dynamic. Next question. Next from BN. How does one frame rejection constructively? What does that mean exactly? 
That's a really great question. It's not something that I covered when I was speaking. Um, I would say this. Um, not very many people like to go out into the world and fail miserably, right? We don't like to be rejected. We don't like to be wrong. We don't like to have it happen. But inevitably, it is. Inevitably, inevitably someone's going to say no. Inevitably, someone's going to reject. Someone's going to, you know, walk away. That's going to happen. So what I, what I tend to recommend is that in order to, to use it constructively, you've got to be willing to learn, right? So in life in general, you can win, you can lose, or you can learn. And I think that many, many times when somebody is rejected or somebody loses, so to speak, they don't take the time to, to understand what happened and understand why and, and, and grow from that experience versus they'll use it as a way to, as an excuse to shrink from that experience. No one's ever going to love me. I'll never get my job. I'll never, so you walk around with a, you know, big giant V on your forehead for victim around the world's out to get me versus what did I learn? I, almost everybody, when I ask the question, um, you know, do you like to go out and fail? No one will say yes. When I say, do you want to go out and learn something? Almost everybody will say yes. So in, in winning and losing, there's always learning. And that's why I would say, as far as using rejection positively or constructively, is you have to look in, what did I learn? What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about the work? What did I learn about other people? Um, that can help me in the future, right? So if you, some, somebody rejects you, they, they walk away and you go, well, I learned that you can't trust men, you can't trust women. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. How, how, what have you learned about you that you can change or improve? Next question. Next from MS. Why is it so difficult for me to reach out for help because of a fear of rejection? That's a good question, too. I mean, I think that's, that's one of those that a lot of people have, the, the, the Lone Ranger uh, mentality of, you know, I'm not going to go out there and, and ask for help. I think that one of the couple things that you can think of there. Um, is, is, first of all, you're not ever going to be able to do it alone. No one ever has. And secondly, when you ask for help, you give other people an opportunity to build their self-esteem, to build their credibility. Because when, how do you feel when you, when you are able to help somebody get through an obstacle, get through a challenge, whatever it is, you feel good, right? So when you, when you ask for support, you allow people to step up, to step in and to, and to improve their own personal self-esteem. Um, the other thing is, again, you've got to stop making it so much about you, right? The ego drives us. And when it's, you know, when, when, when you're not willing to, to reach out and it has to be me and I have to do it all, I have to do it all, that's all about you. It's all about you looking good. It's about you, you know, you're, you're attaching it to your self-worth or your, your worthiness issue, issues. So, so I would say you have to have help. No one's ever done it without it. Okay, so, so surrender to that fact. I would say, you know, reframe help, asking for help into giving other people an opportunity to connect with you, an opportunity to grow with you. Um, and then thirdly is don't make it so much about you. Right? It, it's not always about you. Ask for help. Just say the words. See what happens. They, they can say yes or no. Don't be so attached to the outcome. Next question. Next from AM wants to know how to overcome pain and anger after being rejected. 
Well, you know, in my personal experience, I think part of that is about taking the time. You know, we want it, we want everything to happen now. And so when we're rejected in a relationship, uh, we just want to get through the pain. We just want to get it done with, get it over with versus allowing that to be there for at least some amount of time. You know, you're not, you're not really, I think that people kind of get it wrong is that sometimes I think people think that we're always supposed to be happy. We're always supposed to have everything going on. We're always supposed to feel good. Um, and I don't think that's a reality. I don't think that that's really we're here, what we're here for. I think we're here to feel a lot of things. And good is one of them. <laughs> Bad's another. You know, heart-wrenched is another. And those are all things that we're here, here to feel. Um, so acceptance of that, acceptance of, of what is, I think is one step. I think the next step is forgiveness. And again, I think people people misconstrue forgiveness as um, making whatever that person did okay, and that's not really what forgiveness is about. The action, the the deed, the walking away, the hurt, the pain, whatever they did doesn't have to be good or bad. Forgiveness is really a gift that you give yourself. It's around letting go. It's around um, it, it's around making amends. It's about saying thank you and I love you for whatever whatever the experience was. You know, you have to be willing whatever happens in your life happens for a reason. And that's that's something that you can choose to believe or not. I think that people that choose to believe it are happier or more fulfilled. So if you believe that everything happens for a reason, then why did it happen for you, not to you? Like this is a kind of an off topic. However, why how why did this happen for me versus why did this happen to me? So when I look back on things that, you know, when my dad and mom splitting up or, um, you know, my, my dad doing certain things going up and, you know, all of these different actions that I thought were bad actions, that they, they weren't good, they weren't okay, right? And, and, I, and I'm hurt and have pain from them. Well, I also can look at those, those, those events and I can see exactly why I've become the person that I've become as a result of it, right? There's good pieces and there's bad pieces. So when somebody leaves, it's not, again, it's not always all about you. Um, in fact, I think a lot of times it's not always about the other person. It's about, you know, it's about their own personal issues. Um, but you've got to be, be, be surrendered to that. It's going to hurt. Um, allow some time for that. Uh, be willing to work on forgiveness. Okay? Be willing to wish them well and be able to say thank you and I love you for whatever it is that you gave me in my life. That's not the easiest thing to do. We want to hold on to the pain. We want to hold on to they did it to me. That It's not always the case. Next question. JY wants to know how to reach out to the same person who rejected me previously. Uh, I guess probably, again, this would, wouldn't be a, um, a blanket statement because I think every situation is different. I think that you have to look at what were the, what were the dynamics of the rejection, right? What happened? When was it? What, why do you want to re- reach out to them? You know, and, and if so, what's the purpose for reaching out to them? You know, and if, if you're going to reach out to them, are you going to write them a letter? Are you going to meet up with them? Are you going to have coffee? I mean, there's so many different different levels to that question. So I don't know specifics. Um, however, I think that 
you know, reaching out to people who have rejected you takes some courage and it takes um, some self-esteem uh, because I think that there's always going to be the, 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 the experience that you had and the, the potential for it to happen again. So it takes courage. It takes self-esteem. You have to, you have, to have a reason for wanting to do it. Um, that's not just a selfish reason. So meaning that I want to tell them this, I want to say this to that person. Well, maybe that's not necessary. So I guess my guess I would have more questions on that question is, you know, what are the specifics of the situation? And, um, you know, and why do you want to reach, the, reach out to that person? You know, well, I, would, I would ask, I would ask you to think about that and, and really go, what's the purpose for this? You know, do I want to have a friendship? Do I, is it a business relationship? Um, you know, what's the purpose? What's the outcome that I want to have? And how do I want this person to feel and what I want them to think about me and the situation? So again, have some courage, be brave, but also think about what, what's the purpose of reaching back out, you know, and, and be willing to be hurt again. It's going to happen. It's part of life. Next question. Next from DA. When rejected repeatedly, at what point do you give up and move on? <laughs> uh, I wish I had an answer for everything. I have some ideas for some of these. Um, I think that when you know you've given everything that you could, when you know, when you, when you deep down in your heart, you say, I, I, I attempted everything I knew how to do. I gave it my all. Um, I, I shifted. I changed. I did things differently. I got help, um, you know, whatever it is that you, if you went through all of the things that you, that you possibly know and you asked for support, you asked for feedback from other people, <clears throat> I think that's when I would say it's probably time to walk away. It's not going to happen. Um, yet, you know, I, I, get, I think it depends on, on the situation and the, per, and the person as well. So I don't know if there's one answer to that, but, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be different for everybody. I think the biggest thing is you just got to know when I think the other thing with this one is with this question is about how is it affecting my self-esteem? How is it affecting the way I think? How is it affecting my actions? How is it affecting how I'm feeling? Am I, is it causing me to be depressed and anxious and have anxiety all the time? Um, or am I still willing to, to, to jump in and to give it another shot? So when it starts to really affect how you're feeling and thinking and your actions around what you're doing, I think that's probably another time that I would say maybe kind of give up, <laughs> go, go, go a different route. Next question. Next from MR, I would like to know how to handle fear of rejection that stops me especially in pursuing a relationship. Okay. So um, I, I would think that almost everybody has a little bit of that well, not a little bit. I think everybody has a little has has some fear of rejection when it comes to um, going after a relationship. I think that again, it it goes back to being brave and being courageous. There's a lot of people that I've worked with over the course of the years that, for whatever reason, they just don't think that they can do it. You know, they don't they don't think they're enough. They don't think that um, they're pretty enough, they're smart enough, they're skinny enough, they're too skinny, they're, you know, we have all of these doubts around ourselves and, and, and judgments around ourselves. <clears throat> but then if you look out into the world and you see all the millions and trillions of people, billions of people that 
are in relationships, if they can do it, so can you. So, you know, whether you're, you know, a nerdy, boring, fun, exciting, the cool kids, big, small, little, tall, brown, white, black, blue, there's somebody out there for you. Or probably more than one person out there for you. Right? Maybe there's a few different people that could be yours. If you don't go after it, you don't you will never know who that person was. So you you've got to be brave. You've got to trust that somebody is going to find you to be their number one. And I think that the other thing is, is to the more you do for yourself, the more you grow, the more you learn, the more things that you bring to the party cause you to be more confident about going after the ones that you want. So, you know, if you're sitting in bed all day and, you know, eating bonbons and watching Real Housewives for, you know, five out of seven days of the week, right, and then you expect to go out and have some number 10, you know, think you're, you're all the greatest thing on, on the planet, probably not going to, probably a little bit, you know, not, probably not going to happen. However, if you're, you know, you're actively pursuing your life, if you're going after the things that you want, if you're learning and growing and, um, and changing and transforming and adding things to your toolkit, so to speak, well, then you bring a lot more to the party. And I think over the course of the years, for me, um, is that I've, I've, really, I've really worked on myself and I've worked on being a better human being in general. And I, and I know that what I have brings value in a relationship. And I think that you've got to know that for yourself as well. I think that's the biggest kicker. It just helps. Next question. Next from CM, how do we develop the quote unquote elephant hide resilience to move past the rejection and keep sharing? Say that word again, Kat. How do we develop the quote unquote elephant hide resilience to move past the rejection and keep sharing. I, I guess uh, personally I would call that like, how do you develop a Teflon coating? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, elephants hide, I got it, I got it. Um, okay, so I, it's a great question. I think the biggest thing is uh, just don't care so much. I talked about this earlier. Is, you know, there's, there, there was a time in my life that I wouldn't, do things because of what people might think. These days, I just don't really care as much what people are going to think. And it's really, it's very freeing to have that. In fact, I think, I think it was Deepak Chopra, I'm not sure who it was, said that one of the, the greatest mental freedoms is truly not caring what other people think of you. And I think that takes time for people. I think it takes practice for people. I think it takes um, sort of separating your ego self, um, separating from that, and, you know, allowing life to be life and people to be people, uh, knowing that it's not always going to work out all the time. Um, I think also knowing that you're doing your best in whatever the given situation is. You know, if you if you know you're giving your best and somebody doesn't like it, well, oh well. You know, maybe this isn't the right place for them. Maybe it's not the right place for you. I, I think that um, I think I, I think you have to separate. I think when, when you take things too personally, it really is about 
you're attempting to, to, to manipulate somebody else's thinking. You can't do that. So their thinking is their thinking. Their viewpoint is their viewpoint. Their judgment is their judgment. And you're not able to do much about that. Um, so I think practice is, practice is the, biggest, the biggest key in this. And I think, over, I think over the course of someone's life, we sort of just get better at it. That's, that's, my, that's my thinking on, on the matter. Next question. Next up from DM, how do I not be so emotionally attached? I want to believe in myself. You know, I think this goes back to the small pieces of the, the, the building blocks and foundation of, of life in general. My, my good friend, Renee Cermak, who runs our office in, in, um, in Solana, in, uh, in Scottsdale, um, says that, you know, says, don't sweat the small stuff. She says, no, do sweat, sweat the small stuff because they matter. And what that means is, is that there's all these little things that you can do every single day to build self-confidence, to build self-esteem, to build um, your viewpoint or your estimate of yourself. And to, to start to, to take the time to do that versus spending time on things that don't build your self-esteem, that don't build confidence, that don't build you up. A lot of times we spend a lot, we spend a lot of time focusing on things that don't build our self-esteem, right? So the little things from, you know, paying your bills on time to, to making your bed to, you know, all the different tiny things that sometimes are can be a little mix on our self-esteem we start to fill those and we start to become more of a full person, more of a whole person, more of a confident person and, um, and bring more to the party. Next question. Next from DM wants to know how to continue moving or growing when no doors open. Um, good question. I think we've all had these times of our life when you just feel like nothing's happening in the right direction and we, then we stop knocking on doors. And I think that after a certain amount of time, sometimes we're knocking on the wrong doors and, you know, we're just, we're pretending like it's a new door, but it's really the same door, right? So really shifting what you're doing, knock on completely different doors, do something completely different. Um, I think that's part of it. I think that continuing to have that internal wherewithal and determination that knowing that it's not going to be no forever, that at some point something's going to give, the universe is going to allow something to happen. Um, and again, you just got to continue to throw out pitches, but sometimes, you know, sometimes we're in the wrong field. You know, sometimes we're, we're throwing pitches with a baseball on the football field. And so again, I think that takes some, some sort of introspection and some maturity of thinking to say, listen, am I even on the right field here? Right? If, I, if I'm throwing the, the baseballs and there's no touchdowns happening, <laughs> then maybe I need to change my field. Uh, and so that's what I would say about that. So determination, um, be, be, be committed, um, know if you're playing on the right field, and know that this too shall pass, and that there's always going to be those times of our lives where we feel like nothing's working. But you can't stop working. You've got to continue to work so that you can find the things that are working. Next question. Next from LL. I hear lots of no's through my day at work. How do I recover so I won't think it was my fault? Well, again, I think that's going back to sort of the ego self, thinking that you're, 
responsible for everyone, um, responsible for everyone's lifestyle, decisions, choices. Um, you know, in sales, we say, you know, after every no or behind every no is a yes, right? So if you're getting a lot of no's, know that there, it's not always going to be no. Um, if you continue to get no's all over the place or rejections, then you got to re- you got to really self-reflect. Am I in the right place? You know, maybe I don't need to be around these people. You know, there's there's people in life that are just, you know, they're just going to be negative for you to be around. They're not going to be helpful for who you are and what you want to accomplish. Sometimes we we put ourselves in those positions and we stay in those positions so that we make ourselves right about. Um, see, I told you I wasn't enough. See, I told you I could never do it. See, I told you, you know, so our own internal thought processes and belief systems, our thinking, um, what, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll attract people that are going to reject us all the time because we don't think we deserve it, right? So um, there's a lot to that dynamic, but I think that knowing that it's not all about you all the time, right? Don't take it personal. Don't take everyone's no to heart. They're not necessarily saying no to you. They might be saying no to what you're offering or how you're doing something, but it's not a personal attack on you as a human being. Um, usually. Sometimes it is, and then that's when you want to disassociate yourself with people like that. Next question. Next from JM. How to keep the negative thoughts from ruining your day? Uh, I think that's about practice as well. You know, we our our brain is a muscle, just like everything else. If you don't work, whatever you're working out is what's going to grow. So, you know, if you're only doing bicep curls in the gym, guess what's going to happen to your triceps? Not a whole lot, right? So sometimes we have to start to practice thinking different. We have to practice be able to be really disciplined about that thinking, and through time and practice, you'll start thinking more positively, quote unquote, more often. You'll feel better about yourself, right? It's not a quick fix. There's not a quick answer in, in these kind of areas, but you have to practice. So if you notice you have negative thinking and you're getting down about that negative thinking, who's it up to change the thinking? You're the only person that can do that. So reminders, putting positive people around you, people that are excited about life, people are going to build you up, all of those things help. However, you have to be clear about it. You've got to want to think more healthy. <laughs> You've got to want to think uh, more on the positive side of, of what you want to do. I think our it all starts there. And we have to be responsible enough to take it. We have to be adult and mature enough to take responsibility for the way that we think. Next question. Next up from SS uh, asks, how do you find strength? Uh, for me, I, I find it through other people. I find it through helping other people. I find it through giving of myself, being supportive. I find it through, you know, family and friends and connection. Uh, I find it through, um, through, I guess, an overall trust and belief that there is something bigger and more than us happening in, the, in, in on, on Earth and in, in the universe in general, um, that that it's all okay, <laughs> that it's all going to be okay, and um, and that life is not supposed to be perfect all the time, and and I trust that 
I trust that, you know, I'm here for a reason and, and that the things that are happening in my life are happening for a reason. So that for me is causing me to feel stronger about things or to step into scary, to scary or frightening situations. Um, that's how I hear it. Next question. Next from SM. How do you suggest handling rejection as a sign of being unloved or unlovable? Well, again, that is a story that you've made up. And if you've made that story up, you've made that story up for a long time. And so what, what people do, and we know this through our courses and through the classes and site seminars, have, what we do is we, we make up a story, right, about an event or a person or ourselves or whatever, and then we go out and we be right about that story. So when you're being rejected and you are feeling that you're unlovable or unwanted or undeserving, whatever, that's your story. You, that's, there is no person on the planet that's unlovable. That's an innate quality of a human being. You're allowed to be loved. And you deserve to be loved. And in fact, we survive that way. So you've made a story up called, I'm not lovable. And then you make the rejection or being, you know, fired or whatever about that. Then that's not necessarily the case. So that's another one. Knowing that you are lovable, you might not always feel lovable. You might might not feel uh, worth it or deserving or... You know, I, I hear this a lot is, you know, if you only knew, you know, what my life was like or what I did or what I didn't do or how I was, then you would know. Well, I don't really care what you've done or what you didn't do or what happened to you. I know that you're lovable, right? You might not always act that way. You might not always be likable, <laughs> but that's different. Yeah, we, we all are not likable sometimes. You know, we're all, we all act in ways that cause people to go to be, to be pushed away. But when you make a breakup, when you make a firing, so to speak, about, well, this must mean that I'm not lovable, but that's us making it up. It's not, it's not the truth. The truth is you're lovable. The truth is the relationship didn't work out. The truth is you, know, you acted this way or that way. The truth is you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of other truths. If, if you can make all those up as well. Um, but again, you're just attaching a current event to an older story. And so you have to detach that, right? The story that, you know, the story somewhere along the way, there's a separation from reality, the events, and the stories we've made up about those events. Next question. Next from MC. What are some things I can do on a daily basis to make it easier to recognize my own self-worth? I think I, I answered that before a little bit, is that, you know, you've got to be proud of yourself every day. You know, you've got to find some things that you know you can do every day that cause you to say, you know what, I'm pretty, pretty darn cool. I did that. I made that happen. And for some people, it starts really, really small. You don't have to have, you know, you don't have to, Build the system, or you know, build the Eiffel Tower, Eiffel Tower every single day, in order to feel proud of yourself. Sometimes it's just, you know, I'm proud of myself that I got, you know, home and made dinner on time. Proud of myself that, um, you know, I 
drove the speed limit. <laughs> you know, whatever it is that you can be proud of and you focus on those things versus all the things that you're not proud of. And and be be diligent about it. But it's the small things. It's focusing on small wins throughout the day versus, you know, losses or things that didn't go well. I think that's the, that's the key to it. it. It really is the small things and focusing on those um, that lead to the big stuff. Right? Mike, Mike Dooley, one of my favorite all-time speakers and writers, wrote a, uh, a note from the universe that says, until the really great things come along, do the not-so-great things because the not-so-great things usually lead to, to, to the great things, whereas doing nothing usually pretty much always leads nowhere. And I think that it is. It's the small things. It's the not-so-great things that we have to do throughout our life that get us to the big things. Right? Our big moments in life are few and far between. We don't have you know, a, an incredibly amazing win every single day. But we're, for some reason, we think that that's how it's supposed to be. So focus on the small things and, and be disciplined about it. Next question. Uh, next from ER asks, what approach do you use to bounce back and continue to move forward after being rejected? Well, I think, I, like I said before, I think it's about your learning from the experience. And um, for me, you know, it, 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 there's so many different ways that we can be quote unquote rejected, right? And whether it's, you know, on a stage or personally in an intimate relationship or just, you know, knocking on the, on the door to sell the vacuum, right? So depending on your life and, and, and what your rejections are, I think some of them, you just have to go, you know what, that's how it is and that's okay. Um, some of them are going to take a little bit longer, but I think that learning from those events is the key. Um, once you've learned the lesson, you've learned whatever you needed to learn from the experience, you can say thank you to that person. You can say thank you for for being in my life for this reason and that reason, and I'm going to be better as a result of it. So when you get rejected, when you get knocked down, the worst thing to do is just stay down, right? The only thing that we can do is get back up, learn from it, and then grow from it. And I think that's that's a mindset. It's a mindset of a learner. It's a, it's a learner's mindset versus a win-loss, win-lose kind of mindset. Um, and again, it takes practice. And I think that sometimes it's a lot harder than others. <laughs> Definitely. Sometimes it's a lot harder than others. So depending on the situation, sometimes I go, oh, well, you know, that didn't work out. You know, I got rejected there or they said no or whatever. And then sometimes it's, <laughs> sometimes it takes a lot longer, you know, for, for me to find the learning or for me to find the, the gift in whatever happened, but you've got to be willing to really look for it and you've got to be willing to continue to get back up. Next question. Uh, well, that's really, we're starting to run out of time for questions. Uh, I wanted to give you, uh, you know, enough time left to wrap up the call and give us some takeaway points. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we, you know, we've talked about quite a few things and I want to thank everyone for, um, dialing in today and being a part of SiteMR's community and the learning and growing that we all are doing together. Um, you know, I, I think this concept, the fear of rejection and how it stops us really is a big one. And I think I think the biggest thing about this is it's not about fear of rejection. For, for the biggest piece, it's, it's about the fear of being alone. And loneliness is honestly 
and for very many people, one of the worst feelings that you can ever have. And it's why people, you know, commit suicide because they'd rather not be here than feel as alone as they do or as, as separate as they do. <clears throat> and unfortunately, it happens in our life a lot. And unfortunately, through our digital age and our cell phones and Facebook and Twitter and all of these other things that we can be distracted on, we're constantly disconnecting from other people. And it's not what we're here to do. We're here to be connected. We're here to be with each other. You know, in, in, in tribal days, if you were, you know, kicked out of your tribe, it meant you would die. Right? We're, here to, we're here to be together. We're here to work together. And we're here to be connected. And the, that fear of rejection really is a fear of being alone, being separate. And um, so my, my biggest takeaway on that is, you know, the more you have connection, the more you have people in your life that you can count on, the more the small, medium, and large rejections that happen in life don't affect you as much. And I think that, um, I think that's a big piece in this whole process is, you know, people are going to say no, friends will leave, parents get divorced, not everyone likes you all the time. But when you know that you know that you know that you have people in your life that you're connected to at a deep level, all of those rejections don't don't leave as big of a mark. You know, they're going to hurt. It's going to happen. But you have that solid confidence that you have people in your life that you're connected to. So I think the biggest biggest takeaway here is um, nobody wants to be alone. You're you're not alone in that thinking, and then you're not alone. You know, you, everybody has people that they can count on and reach out to. Uh, if you feel lonely, that's another story, right? But I would suggest for anybody on the call tonight, in, in order to, in order to get through the fear of rejection, put people in your life that you're connected to, um, and and keep those people around. Um, so that's you know that's all I've got to say. It's, it's a big it's a big concept. It's a big it's a big conversation that I think we deal with throughout our whole our, our whole lives. Um, but my suggestion is really is put put great people in your life and um, be willing to be hurt. You know, be willing to put yourself out there. It's gonna be it's a part of life. So yeah, that's that's kind of that's my wrap up. Wonderful. Well, what a great call. I mean, thank you so much, Carson, for being on the call with us tonight, sharing your teaching, and um, hopefully you'll come back and do it again. Thanks, Kat. I appreciate it. And thank you to everyone listening in. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, September 8th, and the topic is trust, which is a perfect follow-up to tonight's call. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com and remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash psiseminars and share your thoughts. Uh, Let us know what you got out of the call and how you're going to implement uh, these tools and techniques into your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, 
you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.